Welcome to the first episode of Thinking Out Loud. I'm Riaz Safi. Recently, a friend of mine called and she was shaken, isolated, fearful and really tired of the ongoing lockdown. The lockdown has created a lot of anxiety and fear of the unknown. I myself have been to the doctor twice wanting to know if I had the virus after coughing just a few times. Today on Thinking Out Loud, we talk about mental wellness and ask the questions so many of you might be thinking about but never end up asking. My guest today is a psychologist, motivational speaker and mental health advocate with over 10 years of experience. Her expert advice is featured regularly in South African and international publications on national radio and on national television. She recently launched her own podcast called Coming Home. Please do check it out. The content is reflective and worth your time. I would like to extend a warm welcome to Rakhi Bikram on Thinking Out Loud. Certainly is a pleasure having you on the podcast. Hi Riaz, thank you so much for inviting me on your podcast. Let us start off by discussing and unpacking the meaning of mental health and wellness. So when we often think about health very often we think about our physical health the reality is that there is no health without mental health because physical health is something that is visible we pay a lot more attention to it however our mental health because uh, mental illness is something that we don't always see externally people don't tend to take it seriously and because of the stigma associated with it people don't speak about it as freely so mental wellness means being okay emotionally spiritually physically and mentally so it combines all of these components it is feeling well inside not just externally even if you think about it we spend so much of time and money to look and feel good on the outside whether it's our physical health or uh, to look good aesthetically but we don't pay as much attention to what's on the inside what we're feeling like emotionally um giving vent expressing the different feelings we feel we're often afraid of expressing negative feelings and when we don't give our chance ourselves a chance to feel the negative feelings it impacts on us negatively and because both are tied in physical and mental health and wellness it means that we have to pay attention to very basic things so simple things like not getting enough sleep not resting not exercising not eating nutritious food will all impact on our mental health very very interesting indeed we live in different circumstances as the world we knew a year back has totally changed governments around the world have implemented lockdowns to prevent the spread of the virus but this has also led to isolation fear and a new reality we all not accustomed to what are some of the coping mechanisms that you'd like to share with us i think uh, you know the one thing we've seen more and more of during this time is anxiety and the reason for that is because it's actually a normal response to an abnormal situation so the coping mechanisms start with going back to the very basics like i mentioned giving ourselves some sense of control and stability a lot of the anxiety we we are facing and experiencing has to do with uncertainty and things that are not in our control so the number one thing that we can do is bring our focus back to the things that we can control we can control our daily routine we can control the amount of sleep we have we can control how we spend our time what safety measures we take regardless of what is imposed on us externally we're all welcome to take additional security precautions for our own health and safety so the main thing i can say is focusing on what you can control 
because we are social distancing, and I don't really like the term social distancing, I prefer physical distancing, we yes. can still be social. We are social creatures. And therefore, loneliness is something that we're experiencing a lot. But we must be grateful for technology during this time, which is made so much possible. It's helped us keep in touch with others. It's helped us learn from home, work from home, connect with other people, celebrate special occasions. So coming back to what we can control, it's using technology in a way which enables us to live as normally as possible, meaning finding other ways of doing the things that were important to us. So not just mindful uh, or mindless socializing where we scroll on social media or send good morning messages, but really deliberately reaching out, having conversations with people who are good for our mental health, who make us feel uh, that we belong to someone and something and make mm. us feel part of something bigger. Interesting indeed. Now that you talk about that, I actually have a friend who lives this fairy tale life on Facebook and Instagram. She posts the most amazing holiday pictures and at times I actually sit back and think, does she hire a professional photographer? How does social media contribute to mental well-being and why is it important to maintain a healthy balance? So we do two things in social media. We are creators and we are consumers and we have to do both mindfully. So what you're talking about is something that we term comparisonitis, right? So it's, it's not official, oh. but I joke <laughs> that, that one, of the, uh, one of the things I treat in my practice, well, two things that I treat in my practice very often are FOMO and comparisonitis. And social media is something that contributes, but it's not social media by itself, because remember, social media brings a lot of good, but it's how we use it. So when we use it mindlessly, for example, lying in bed at night and just scrolling without being mindful about who we're following, whose accounts we're looking, how we're consuming, what uh, we're reading. So when we do it mindlessly, we look at, for example, your friend in this exotic location, having wonderful food and, and shopping and doing everything. And what do we think? Automatically, the mind thinks that I am worse off than her, that she is better than me. She looks better than me. She has more money. She has, uh, look at her amazing husband who takes these pictures of her, or buys her these things. So that is called down with social comparison. So social media doesn't do it. We do it because it's how we think about what we're consuming. So therefore, I always advise mindful scrolling. So the best way to do this, challenge yourself. So slow down and look at the first 10 posts as you scroll and stop and think about how does it make me feel? What thoughts go through my mind as I'm consuming this information? Is it good or is it bad for me? And let this help inform who we should follow, what we should be consuming on social media. Uh, we know that social media is just a highlight reel, okay? Nobody's life is perfect, as perfect as it looks. People use several filters. They don't show us the behind the scenes where they're having fights and they're getting their heart broken. So we need to realize that we are comparing our behind the scenes to someone's highlight reel. And we need to realize, well, let's be happy for someone that they're having something good. We don't necessarily need to want what they have, but it should inspire us. If someone else can do it, that means we can also follow our dreams and do what's important for us. It doesn't have to be the same that everyone else is doing because life isn't fun. I mean, if everyone looks the same, if everyone's dressing the same and eating at the same restaurant, life isn't interesting anymore, is it? Raki Bikram, your thinking out loud question is based on your discussion earlier about physical activity and food that we consume. How does this impact our mental health? So 
Um, we have a vagus nerve, which um, connects the brain to our gut. So a lot of serotonin is produced in our gut. So mm-hmm. eating food that is unhealthy is going to impact on our mood. And we don't often realize this. And when you look at it the opposite way, think about when you are stressed, doesn't that also impact on your eating habits? So two things, one of two things happen. Either we just don't eat because we don't have an appetite, or the other thing is we overeat and we eat comfort food. And the comfort foods we generally tend to go towards are things that are not good for us, carbohydrates or sugar. And neither of these are good for us because it isn't a balanced diet. So we have to be mindful about the food we consume, the source of you know where it comes from, and, and the easiest way, I'm, you know, I'm not a dietitian, but from what we know is as close to nature as possible is healthier for you because we know the source of the food. You know, there isn't a whole process that goes through from the source of the food to our plate or to our stomach. Uh, when you think about our physical health, and it has an impact both ways. So think about when you haven't had a good night's sleep, what happens to you? You know, you're grumpy the next day. You can't focus the next day. Uh, you might be a lot more irritable the next day. So that impacts on us. The other way, when we are stressed, when we're feeling depressed or anxious, we can't sleep. It impacts on our appetite. It impacts on our concentration. We don't enjoy things that we would have enjoyed previously. So both impact on each other uh, in, in both ways. So our physical health and our physical health habits impact on our mental health. And our mental health impacts on our physical health. Therefore, it's not possible to focus on one without the other. Now, the new reality is that most of us actually work from home these days. I found that my lack of activity has decreased and I love eating chocolates as my comfort food. Now, that's a little secret between the two of us. Your thoughts on this? So I think when, you know, when we think about the pandemic and lockdown, I think we all comfort ate. And that is okay. You know, I, I have to say that because we were in survival mode. It's a pandemic, right? So at some point we were all baking and we were all eating more than usual. And that is how we coped. So we must not judge ourselves for that. But as the lockdown eases, as we find a new sense of safety and security and normality in our lives, we need to ease out of that and create better habits for ourselves. So like you said, and like yourself, many people are working from home. Many people are anxious about lockdown easing and having to maybe go back to the office. But also many companies have realized that their employees can work from home. And it's something that might continue for many companies. So for those who are working from home, I think it is essential that we give ourselves a routine. So have a designated workspace. And that is the place that you work from every day. So remember, work has its own stress. You don't want to take all of that stress into your home, which is meant to be your safe space. So have a designated workspace. And when you sit there, that is when you work. But when you're not working, get up. So don't take your breakfast to your workspace. Don't take a break or phone call. Get up and do other things. So Work as if you were at work. So start work at a particular time. Take your tea break away from there. Take your lunch break away from your desk. Um, Do some physical activity. Something we've heard a lot about during this time was screen fatigue. And it's real. You find yourself a lot more exhausted and you think, well, I haven't driven around. I haven't done as much. I shouldn't be as tired. But it's how much we're doing in front of the screen, what it does to our eyes, what it does to our posture. Uh, if we're not mindful of it, the fact that we're not taking little breaks. If you're in the office, you know, you take a break to make your coffee 
or to the bathroom or smoke break if you and, and we're chatting to other people. So we don't necessarily have those little breaks now when we're working from home and we don't realize what it does to our mental health. Many of us are also not switching off at the end of the day. So if your workday ends at 4.30, it means switch off at 4.30, turn your computer off and get away from there. Just because you can work, it doesn't mean you should be working. So these are things that are impacting on us. And because we're spending so much of time in front of the screen, it means that we need to do other things away from the screen. So, you know, if you're reading afterwards, read a book, don't read something on your phone, give your eyes a break. Uh, you know, if you're socializing instead of, you know, chatting on WhatsApp, have a proper call with someone where you're not looking at a screen all day. Share with us five practical ways to remain mentally healthy. So I think the first way would always be to be mindful, which means being in the present, because a lot of our stress comes from either living in the past. Uh, when our minds are in the past, there's often regret. We think about things that have happened that we wish we did differently and things that we cannot change. And we often get depressed. When we live in the future, worrying about what is going to happen, what won't happen, what if this and what if that, we become anxious. So living in the present means focusing on the here and now. And you will recognize the benefits of it when you actually do it by keeping yourself in the present. So that is always my number one tip. The second tip would be to listen to your body. And this might sound a lot more physical, but our body has the answers and clues for everything. It's always speaking to us. It will always tell us what we need. So even if something is not good for us, we will feel it somewhere in our body, whether we're stressed, whether we're hungry, whether um, we're feeling anxious about something. So tune into your body and ask yourself, what is this feeling in my body telling me that I need to do? get adequate sleep. You have no idea that sleep really is a superpower, that it impacts on us physically and it impacts on us mentally, meaning we feel better, it improves our mood, it improves our concentration, uh, it improves uh, our irritability levels the following day. Um, the next tip would be get in touch with your feelings and feel your feelings. Very often we're so consumed with our feelings or, or with um thoughts that we don't stop to think about what am I really feeling? Naming a feeling. Where can I feel it? What is the feeling telling me that I need? So we block out feelings in a few ways, either by numbing it, trying to think about something else, by distracting ourselves. And this means that it just grows bigger and bigger, especially the negative feelings. So allow yourself to sit down, check in with yourself. What am I feeling right now? Why am I feeling it? What is this feeling telling me? that I need to do for myself. And when we tune into our feelings, it means that we give ourselves space. We can prevent burnout. We know what we need to do to take better care of ourselves and find some form of self-care. So self-care could mean speaking to someone, doing something that's good for your body, taking breaks or taking a time out, doing something that you love to do that we don't normally do, Self-care can also mean things like putting ourselves first and saying no to other people, saying no to things we don't really want to do. So we often think that self-care is selfish, but self-care is the thing that is going to prevent burnout. It's going to help us manage stress better, and it's going to help us cope with mental health challenges because we are replenishing ourselves. So we've heard the saying, you can't pour from an empty cup, and mm -hmm. self-care are the things we do for ourselves that helps fill our own cups. Thank you so much for sharing your insight on this rather important topic of mental wellness.
Thank you so much, Riaz, for inviting me on your podcast and for giving me this opportunity. We will be sharing the top five tips in the notes and look forward to catching up in the next episode. If you like this podcast, please press the subscribe button and you will be notified when a new episode is posted. Over the next few episodes, we will feature a variety of guests who will help us find answers to questions we often think about but rarely ask on Thinking Out Loud. Thank you so much for listening. Till the next episode, bye for now. Mm-hmm.